Bum, bum, bum. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fun with Flame. And yes, before we do anything, I know I'm late, and this is not the um, third episode that I'm reviewing, but instead the fourth one. I don't care. I really don't. It, Avengers Endgame kind of really drained me in terms of actually uh, speaking that, and life happened, so I didn't really get a chance to do anything. But um, I gotta say, the third episode of uh, like that, I don't know why. Um, but the third episode of Game of Thrones was such a huge, awesome event, and it had a lot of cool things happen. Um, that realistically, um, I wanted to do a review on it. I just. I just didn't get around to doing it. Um, I'm lazy. But uh, I, I don't really need to talk about it. You know what? I'm going to talk about it real quick. It was dark. The whole the whole episode is really dark. A lot of people criticized it for that. And they should because it was. It was really hard to keep up with some of the action. But the episode itself played out so well that the whole thing was just about one fucking fight. And it just, it was great. Like, everything they did in that episode was great. It's like, if they ended the show and just left you on a cliffhanger as to what they're going to do with Cersei, that would have been great. I wouldn't have cared. I would have been like, you know what? It was, it was fine. It was all fine. <laughs> uh, it would have pissed me off because they were like, who's going to be on our throne? I'm like, I don't care. They said it's the end and it's the end. Um, but I digress. Um, and then Arya Stark is basically MVP, was the MVP of the week for that. Even after seeing Avengers Endgame, uh, Game of Thrones kind of made Arya Stark just like that. That was... Mm. It's like that wasn't the cherry on top, but like it's like you got uh, I would say a giant cherry on top because what they did with her was fantastic. By all means, please, I urge you to watch that episode if you haven't even seen Game of Thrones. Just watch that episode because it's it was a really good episode. I I had uh, the the horribleness of actually seeing it with a terrible interruption um, constantly, so that was crazy. But for the fourth episode. I was all alone and it was great. Um, so, <laughs> no, no introduction, no inter. Nah, what's the word? Um, I was like, no introductions, not introductions. Um, fuck, I can't think of the word. Uh, disruptions. <laughs> no disruptions. Oh Jesus. Um, no disruptions. Uh, disrupt disruptions. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the cool thing about episode four. Um, Episode four actually was uh, it was a very it was a very nicely paced episode. I'd give it that. Um, realistically, you could see the makings of at least like three episodes put together into this one because um, it start because basically like the first part is Winterfell after the great battle and everyone um, coming to grips with everything like that. The second part would be them finally preparing or going on to their fight with Cersei and the realization of the wake of that and then exactly what to do in that um, and exactly what to do or how to handle her and the third part would be exactly Cersei realizing that they're coming uh, they have a whole bunch of stuff set up and what's going on and so yeah like it, it, it was cool and it was really well paced I didn't feel bored at any point in time while watching it which is a very rarity um, and watching some of the episodes of Game of Thrones, so, you know, hey, congrats to them on that. Uh, I was very deeply interested. Oh, no, someone's calling me. That's a scam. Fuck you. But, uh, <laughs> I should really silence this when I do these, but no, you guys, like, you, you understand. Life. Life, life. <laughs> um, but the, uh, amazingness, uh, that I wanted to get into is the, 
the way how this episode opened was, like I said, the reeling of the final fight in Winterfell. It started off with like this big old uh, dinner, basically, and everyone's just kind of out of it. They and it's like, well, it didn't start off that way. It started off with them burning corpses because you gotta, um, you gotta, you you gotta burn the corpses. Uh, but afterwards, it was the dinner, which was weird. <laughs> they would have such a big feast after burning a bunch of corpses, and even the hound said so. He was like, you could still smell the bodies outside. Like, and I was like, yeah, because there was a lot of them. So yeah, that was, you know, it was weird that they had a, a feast. <laughs> so you know, you can go home, whatever. But. They had a feast, and it was super quiet, super awkward. Everyone's just kind of, like, they're eating, but no one's enjoying themselves. It's like, oh, man, like, fuck, we just fought zombies. And I thought that was just the bee's knees. It, it was it was awesome for them to have it be like that, to where it was like, it wasn't, because that was a real thing. Like, they did just burn friends, family members, and whatnot. And it's like, immediately, they go to eat. And, like, you see it in other movies and stuff like that. They'd be cheering and having a good time and whatnot. But it's like, nah, something something had to get them there. Because he didn't just come to a party, and it was already a party. And so, um, they had they had Daenerys break the ice, which was cool. The What she did, and it was like, you know, all kind of plotting and planning type stuff going on. It's like, at the same time. So, them doing things that way, it was like, yeah, still remember it's Game of Thrones, you know, everybody's sneaky, 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 um, I'm gonna keep going, um, because I'm trying to think back, I just, I just finished watching it, uh, it, they had their moment of, um, <laughs> it's like all this time we've known John and Daenerys have been in this incestual relationship, you know, aunt and nephew, but, uh, then they had the moment where essentially, you know, she just kind of, she just admitted the fact that, like, she does love him. Nothing's going to change that. But now knowing about his actual history changes everything. Because she really doesn't know how to respond to that. And with John, as it's always been, is that I don't want what everyone thinks I should have. <laughs> Which is like, that's, that's like the cornerstone of his entire character. <laughs> that they're like, hey, you should do this. And he's like, I don't want that. And they're like... We're going to make you this. It's like, son of a bitch. Well, now that I'm this, I want to change stuff. Whoa, 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 whoa. You weren't supposed to change anything. You were just supposed to be this. Nah, it's things got to be changed because what this is isn't right. It's like, ah, oh, fuck. No, I'm not. Well, since you figured that out and it actually worked out great, you should be this as well. Ah, oh, damn. I don't want to be that either. <laughs> so, uh, him, him constantly trying to tell her and everyone else that he doesn't want the throne, even though he has the best claim to the throne. He doesn't want it. And then it got to the point where basically Daenerys is, um, like her, her conqueror, um, persona keeps coming out. So all she wants to do is immediately get the Iron Throne. You can even, like, I, I thought it was a nice touch that even in her dialogue, you know, she would speak and say stuff like, you have a claim to something that's rightfully mine. And it's like, yeah, that's a conqueror mindset right there. Like, it wasn't even, like, she's not even talking about the throne as a thing. It's something that's, that's supposed to be for her, period. Um, and then they mentioned it well. Um, Peter Dinklage's character was talking and saying that basically, uh, you know, like she thinks it's her destiny to rule the Seven Kingdoms. And it's like, well, she, you know, she she had the dragons and everything. Those were supposed to be extinct. And yeah, she she believes in destiny. And it's like, yeah, that. And then like that. And then um, the other guy was saying that most tyrants do believe that it's their destiny to rule. But that's one of the things that make them tyrants. <laughs> um, so it was a it was a nice informal episode. Um, 
the, the the great battle was the third one. So this one reeling back, reeling that back in, um, you know, to the to what Game of Thrones like core is like the talking and the discussions and whatnot. Um, I would say off rip. I hate stunts. If, if this is something that you haven't understood from me saying this before, like you, you should get it now. I do not like stunts. Stunts of Stark is a very annoying character. And, you know, a lot of people love her. They say that she's grown. She hasn't. She really hasn't. Um, she just turned from a spoiled girl that um, wanted everything and anything to go her way to a girl that's been through shit, still spoiled and wants everything and anything to go her way. So, that's not really a. Like, she never really grew as a character. Aya grew as a character. Stanza did not. She just been through shit. But she didn't really grow as a character. Um, one, one of the key points is the fact that St um, Stanza is able to point out other people's problems, but then she doesn't recognize her own. She never recognizes her own. But when it becomes a shortcoming, then she sits there and mopes about it as if, you know, it's something that no one's ever brought to her attention before most like um case in point in the third uh, episode during the fight they told her to go hide um with the rest of the people and she was like i can stay and it's like no you can't you can't fight go away and it's like it was like a freaking thunderstrike to her which is stupid it was like yeah you can't fight you never took an effort to want to fight you never even thought of fighting and then when they were faced with these freaking undead people, she had a dragon glass dagger and was capable of stabbing a couple of them as they were walking through or being able to save some people. She just stood there and like she kind of like hid and was looking at it like, uh, maybe I should use this. And it's like, God, you're such a useless person. Um, but that's that 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 that's Stanza, and and I I I don't like her. So with that being said, this episode kind of pointed out a major issue that um it's not an issue that i it's an issue that i have with her character but it's something that's like realistically it's like it doesn't make sense why she keeps acting like this um and the wake of everything that's been going on and uh it was the fact that like she keeps like she keeps antagonizing Daenerys, um while as it is with her army and everything that they needed help and it was fantastic that i pointed it out you know she was like she we needed her help what you did was honorable. I respect that. Like, we needed this woman to come and help us. Otherwise, we'd all be dead. And so, there's nothing wrong with John doing that. And then she was like, but it doesn't mean we trust her. Like, she's not one of us. But then John says, and it was like, you know, you can't go around not trusting anyone who's not your family. Like, you won't have any allies. And then I was like, well, I don't need allies. And I was like, well, that's because, you know, you're a freaking ninja assassin. So... <laughs> That's a that's a um, double whammy right there. You're a ninja and an assassin. <laughs> but, you know, and it's like, yeah, you're not really normal. So your your two cents on that subject don't make any sense. And then Stanza keeps constantly antagonizing her because she believes that she's not the rightful queen. And it's like, dude, like you. Why are you like this? <laughs> but she's like that. Um I'm pretty sure they're leading up to make Stanza this important power figure for the North eventually. Um, if they do, that that's going to be so freaking obvious. But I wouldn't want her to be someone that rules over anything. But they've been s slowly showcasing that. So when it does get revealed, they're probably going to make it seem like a big deal. But it's not really a big deal. Um, 
which is, is going to be super disappointing for me, but that's, that's going to happen. Um, the other thing that was, uh, really, really cool and honestly took me by freaking surprise. Like I, I, I freaking, I like, I spoke out loud. I normally don't do that when I'm watching TV or a show or anything like that, but it made me. As it just shows Dan Evers flying with the fucking dragons, and then bam, one of them gets shot down. And I just, I went, oh shit. Like, I, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, it was just wounded in the last battle, and it was finally flying again. And it was actually a major key player in the war that they're going to have against Cersei. And they shot the damn dragon down and killed it. And I was like, oh my god, what? But. Then it does like a weird little jump because she had ships or whatever, um, but they really didn't fight back or attempt to fight back. They kind of don't have that type of technology yet, but, you know, whatever. Um, but then it was like, uh, they, oh, excuse me, I got kind of tired. Um, they took, uh, you know, uh, Daenerys's, uh, the, the girl has been with her since the very beginning, her true right-hand man. Um, they took her and they had her captive and she was all the way in freaking King's Land. And I thought that was really weird because it was like, how did they specifically get her? She was on a boat really far away and it's like she just somehow washed up to the other ships that were like super far away and shooting from a real big distance. Like, I, I didn't see that. It didn't seem plausible. It just seemed like something they threw together in order to make the dramatic thing that they did at the end happen, which was like, yeah. And that's that what's crazy. I felt more from the dragon dying than I did from when they killed um, the girl. But uh, after the fact, when all of that happened, um, it made me think that this episode was very... Uh, it, it was one of those things that like pushed my ideal for really well-written female characters, which is something that I would definitely love to see more of. Um, unlike Captain Marvel, which is a very poorly written female character... And this show, this show was really woman heavy, but it didn't come off that way, which is how it should be because of the fact that it was like, you just have these real, these well-written characters who are women. That, that should be it. That, that should be it. It didn't feel like it was something written specifically for women. And like these characters could only do what they do because they're women. No, it was like these characters can only do what they do because that's these characters. That's that's what these characters do. That's what that, this is what Cersei would do. This is what Daenerys would do. This is what Stanza would do. This is what the the huge chick that uh, started fucking Jamie. Yeah, that happened. Um, like that's this is what she would do. And like I I love that concept and how they tackle those female characters and whatnot. So I was like I would definitely love to see other things with female characters like this and, and that does this and it didn't even seem like you know this is a part that could be played by a dude they just changed the name and made it a woman and then it was like you got the same thing you know so it's it's cool and it's like no it legit feels like only Cersei would do something like this only Daenerys could do would talk or speak like this or do something like that and they had the most screen time and like the more um the more meaningful moments throughout the episode, and I was like, yeah, that's great. Um, funny, <laughs> the part that I thought was hilarious was that the wildling dude, the red hair, he was, like, on his way to talk to uh, the big chick, and um, <laughs> she got up and left, and then Jamie went after her, and then, like, the dude, like, when she got up and left, she was walking away, he was about to follow her, but then Jamie got up, got in the way, patted him on the back, and then walked away after her. 
the dude kind of looked confused. Peter Dinklage poured wine in his little big old horn that he drinks out of. And then he clunked the glass. And the dude looked at him, looked back up where Jamie was walking, looked back down Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage walked off. Then he looked at, um, what's his name? Is it Pip? I think it's Pip. Looked at him, who's just smiling. And he like raised a glass at him and toast. And the red-haired dude just looked up. He looked to the side and he walked away. And then, and it was funny because then it showed him sitting next to the hound crying with his eyes were watering up. And he was just saying, She broke my heart. And it was like she chose that little scrawny blonde bastard over me. And it was like he took her from me. And it was like she was supposed to be mine. And I, I loved how that scene played out because it was like it got everything about. <laughs> it, it got like he understood exactly what was going on without no one saying anything and it was just hilarious and it was like especially after all this time of this fool trying to get her and then he didn't get her <laughs> but that was that was funny um but then that led up to the to the weird thing of jamie sleeping with her um and so i guess like they were together for a good little hot second but then like now jamie's racing off to go save cersei because that's you know you don't not love your sister when you love your sister. <laughs> but that's a, I guess that's the thing. That's how that goes. But, you know, far be it for me to say anything else about that subject. But, um, it, that, that part was, it's like, ah, because they've done so much. And then even the, the big chick, even she said it, she was like, you're a good man. And it's like, no, Jamie isn't. And then he explained to her all the things that he did for Cersei. So it's like, yeah, I'm not a good person because I consciously did those things for my sister, whom I'm fucking. Um, so it's like when it when it said when he said all this, I was like, yes, let's let's uh, let everyone remember this. Like, Jamie is one of those people up there who needs to die because of how terrible he's been. Um, so yeah, like I'm totally cool with him getting the axe at the end of Game of Thrones as well because he's never been a character that I was like, oh man, I really like Jamie Lannister. And it's like, no, his his uh, back and forth with Peter Dinklage are funny because they're brothers and he loves them. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, Jamie Lannister was still, you know, that bad guy who did those bad things for ridiculous reasons. So I'm totally cool with him, you know, dying. And like I, I'm, I just want to see exactly what all they're gonna do with his character, leading up to the very end. And it's, you know, it, it's a trying thing waiting every week for the new episodes because as of now there were only two left. Um, and this episode ran for like an hour and eighteen, hour and eighteen every uh, hour seventeen minutes. So, you know, gotta see what the last episode like. That's gonna pull out all the stops. Um, what all they're gonna do with that? Hopefully, the next episode. We'll have a lot more. Um, we'll have a lot more action, or a lot of things, basically get done partially through. So that way, when it ends, the last episode just picks up right where the other one left off. No talking and nothing like that. Just picks up, keeps the ball rolling. Everybody's just on the edge of their seat, trying to see the end of Game of Thrones. Uh, so yeah, that's my review for Game of Thrones season eight, episode four. And partially episode three. Uh, but again, I, I will reiterate, I was really hyped after I saw episode three. So trust me, like it like that would have been a really good review. <laughs> but I just didn't do it. Oh well. But yeah, that is my review for Game of Thrones episode. Uh yeah, I already said that. Um so I'm gonna leave I'm gonna 
leave off of this with this. By all means, if you believe that Game of Thrones is going to probably do like a big old little twist at the end or they're going to come up short or, or, or more specifically, what predictions do you have for certain characters that you believe are going to die by the end of this? Uh, that's something that I'm actually quite interested in. Uh, now that the, the girl is dead, um, Daenerys' right hand, uh, right hand man, now that she's dead and the gray one just kind of, you know, he got no reason to live anymore. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's taken out a buku load of people. <laughs> and I definitely want to see that. So that's going to be fairly interesting to see. Uh, I don't want him to die, but I'm fairly sure he's going to kill a lot of people. And I, I can't wait to see that. Uh, but yeah, like if there's anyone that you believe, you know, is going to die by the end of Game of Thrones, let me know. Uh, leave a comment or... Uh, Email me at heytheflame at gmail.com and I will definitely get back to you because that is what I do. That is what I do sometimes. <laughs> well, and the, uh, at the apex of this, I would like to, I would just leave you all with this. Um, my name is Daniel the Flame. This has been another episode of Fun with Flame. And as always, people, I hope you had fun.